0: Welcome. What causes a successful, beloved entrepreneur who has served as a mentor and an inspiration to thousands of individuals to sell the business she so lovingly built? Today, my guest is Crosby Noricks, founder of PR Couture, the industry leading career development platform for PR professionals, which was recently acquired by Generation PR after 15 years in the online education space. Crosby's vision, expertise and accessibility have led her to educate, mentor and inspire industry professionals and brands internationally for nearly 20 years. But with the recent sale of her company comes a powerful professional departure, or as we say these days, a pivot. Crosby is now developing a new body of work as a somatically changed personal leadership coach, helping women in and around life's midpoint to reimagine and reconfigure their lives and contributions for greater inner and outer congruence. Crosby is a certified empty out practitioner, which we're going to ask her about, and body breath method guide. She has completed an integrative somatic parts work certificate and received training in the, and I hope I'm saying this right, Uzazu method of emotional intelligence. Crosby also holds a master's degree in mass communications and media studies from San Diego State University. And she graduated with honors from Pitzer College with a combined degree in media studies and gender feminist studies. So first of all, Crosby, welcome to the Prosper Project. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much,
1: Lorraine. I'm so excited for this conversation.
0: Yeah, so I have been a fan of yours for a long time. We talked about that a little bit before we started today's episode. And what I really loved is that you just really give from your heart. You're sharing, you're gathering people together, you're helping them help one another and it's just really been a powerful force. And, a, and PR Couture is a very well known brand in and out of the PR industry. So let's start with first things first. Tell me about the thought process that led you to kind of let go of the day to day
1: oversight and ownership of PR Couture. Yes, that is a big question, which I will try to summarize. You know, it was not. One of those situations where I woke up one morning and said, Aha, here it is. This was a process, really, of several years of recognizing the incredible potential that exists when you create your own business to have it evolve and hopefully evolve in a way that matches your evolving interests Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out, Do I? sort of bring what's emerging for me and sort of shove it into Pierre Couture? Or do I let Pierre Couture exist as its own entity and give myself the permission to start something new? I was in the process, right, of working with everyone from students trying to get their first jobs, right, that big beginning to... Professionals may be trying to get that next promotion or move into a director level position, right? Another new sort of beginning. Right. Or freelancers, agency professionals starting their own thing, right? Another beginning. I recognize that I really love beginnings and my soul, let's say, was calling for a new beginning. I had started this business when I was 26, fresh out of grad school. I was interested in PR as a career. I then went on to have a successful career in the space, moving on into social and digital and content and running PR Couture. And I had sort of completed that trajectory. I had a friend who said to me, You know, 15 years is an entire career. Mm -hmm. And in the online space, (laughs) to be around 15 years later, you know, is a feat. It is normal. It would be normal that you would be. Kind of interested in new things and wanting to explore right. other opportunities and so it was a long process of admitting it to myself and starting to say it out loud to friends that i trusted getting more comfortable learning more about how you sell a business how does that work and then you know really getting to the point where the shoving in of what i wanted into the box of pierre couture just there was tension there it wasn't working as well as it should have, and made me kind of realize, oh no, I need to give this amazing thing that I've built to someone else to nurture beyond where I can, because I've sort of hit my stopping point or my pausing point in this area.
0: Yeah. And so the person that you sold it to was also in the PR space. And so, can you tell us a little bit about did you and Jen already know each other? How did that kind of transition
1: happen? Jen and I have known each other for quite some time. She started building her, you know, PR based online empire in I think about 2018. So Pierre Couture was started in 2006, and so I had already right been there, and it was very exciting because for so long I had really been, you know, if you use the lens of. You know, competitive landscape. And like it was just me mostly. There were some other blogs throughout the years that had popped up, it had folded, and there was really nothing else out there. So it was really wonderful to see Jen come into the space and start participating and to have a colleague that had turned peer in this way because we were both, we had a similar business model, trying to solve a similar problem, similar value set. And so, you know, over the years, we would connect occasionally as she started to build out different programs PR Couture came on as an affiliate and we found that there was great you know synergy between our approaches and our communities and increasingly we were getting or at least I was getting questions of okay I'm looking at this program or I'm looking at Jen's you know which one do you think I should take do you think I should take mm-hmm. her agency accelerator program do you think I should do XYZ and you know so we were in increasing communication because we were coming together and collaborating on you know, launches and promotions. And you know, we brought her on to speak to our audience many times on different areas of her expertise and vice versa. We always just had a really nice rapport. And so when I was thinking about you know, who would be interested in, in this, the idea of Jen was sort of always in the back of my mind. As, you know, weird is a weird little insular world. It is. Online, the sort of somebody who would understand the nuances of that community, that audience, those challenges, and what it takes to run a content-based online community platform. And who really wasn't there to just flip a profit, throw up a bunch of Google ads, and kind of maximize the SEO value and like call it a day. But somebody who would actually have the ability to welcome in my community, and provide additional value. You know, Jen has the great benefit of having run a very successful PR agency alongside what she's done with Generation Academy, and so she has great insight that I don't have because I don't have that. I don't have that other agency. So I loved being able to provide that kind of of the moment. This is what's working. This is what clients are asking for. This is what's going on in the media landscape. Because as I had focused more and more on Pierre Couture and increasingly on business and career coaching, I was spending less time in the seat with the client having that level of, oh, this would make a great blog post or, oh, this is a really interesting conversation I want to bring back to the community. And so eventually I just kind of like threw all of the, you know, this is what you should do. And I just called up my friend and I said, hey, is there any chance that you would be interested in taking this on? And to my delight, she said, "Oh my goodness, yes!" And then we tried to figure out how we would make that happen over the course of you know the next several months. I love it. That's so good. So Jen Burson is now the owner of
0: PR Culture, but also is Generation PR, which, as you said, is an agency and academy. And I think there's another level to which she offers PR business owners. So I think. The big difference between her previous audience and your audience is that she was working with people that were in business for themselves in PR. They were around the idea of
1: growing a PR agency.
0: Right. Whereas you were working with people who had their own agencies, because I recognized a few in your group. But also, as you said, a lot of people that were trying to get their first job are trying to get
1: promoted. And so So the freelance practice of COVID kind of understanding, oh, wow, I can actually pretty successfully replicate my salary with the autonomy and the freedom, but I don't have a business back. I don't know anything about, you know, I'm a great publicist, but I don't know anything about running a business.
0: Exactly. Oh, I
1: understand what it's like to be a publicist. And for the last 15 years, I've been running a business. Let me show you some of the things that go into that, especially in our space of, you know, personal branding, visibility, thought leadership, like how do you actually become a known in-demand expert Right. when you've been conditioned to stay behind the scenes, when, when the tradition is, you know, clients in front, PR person in the shadows, you know, behind the scenes. And
0: most of us brand? are introverts. So yeah. that's another thing. It's not our natural way of being. Yes. And so that can be very uncomfortable. So, were there any like I don't want to say hiccups, but were there any like difficult conversations through the process? Did you, you know, I almost feel like it's like and this is not a good comparison, but like almost like giving your child into someone else's care, like forever saying, okay and that's bad. Let's just say you're rehoming a pet. That sounds a little bit bad.
1: Yeah, one of those too. I've joked with okay, her, like, okay. I feel like I'm giving my daughter away to college and she's going to live with you while, while she's in college yes. like you're, you're going to be the great, you know, mentor for her 20s and I was sort of there up until we got her yes. you know, ready yeah. to to become the adult that she's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm a
0: mom too, yeah. so please no hate mail from the moms and her audience. But yeah, you know, it's very emotional. It's your business. And so were there anything was there anything that you wanted to make sure that Jen either understood or that
1: you wanted to make sure wouldn't change in this process one of the things that made Jen such a good partner and choice is that she wanted and has allowed me to stay connected and involved as a strategic advisor so that really calmed a lot of my, you know, I just wanted, it's like, can I just have a little bit of input? Or if you have a question or you're not necessarily sure how to go, you know, it's hard to take the communicator out of the community, you know, like my brain is naturally there. And so having that strategic advisor role gives me the ability to not, you know, kind of slam the door and be like, okay, we're done. But instead to really do the part that I love, which is again, Figuring out how we're gonna launch something new or reconfigure something or what is the positioning. And say, you know, connected to so many women who I've built relationships with over a decade, right? Right. And so that helped. But I would say that one of the things that came up that I hadn't expected would come up is I felt like I needed some sort of ritual or ceremony. I, you know, we live in this weird world where I literally signed my business away on a docu sign on my phone while I was in my pajamas. Wow. And I was sort of like, huh? You know, you spend all of this time. It's this big emotional arc. Yes. And then you're like, well, here's my, you know, it's nine o'clock. Do do like, okay, there goes the business. And so I started to realize I need to do something to sort of mark this moment. Otherwise, it's just gonna be a it's a docu sign and then, you know, and then life goes on. Right. So, I think that's one of the things that that I realize we don't right we don't have a process or see a lot of people talking about the process of really marking as you were saying the ending of something that you have right that you have created that you have birthed that you have nurtured that you have you know that's been your entire like your every day you know for right. years you know every, every single day it's there. So that was one of the things that I realized that I needed. I yeah, what you do? Thing. Yeah, but the thing that I the thing that was the most fun. There is a poet. She's Canadian. Her name's Jess James, and I love her work on Instagram. And I saw that she was doing commissioned Mother's Day poems, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, "Well, that would be you know that would be fun to do for my son or my partner." Like, and I was like, "Oh, I want one." And so I worked with her. I told her my story and my perspective and kind of where I was and where I was hoping to lead. And we had such a wonderful conversation and she came back and she said, I didn't really write you a poem. I wrote you a story or a piece of prose. So we ended up you know, writing kind of collaboratively together this really amazing piece of writing that I just arrived today, actually. She had it printed on this beautiful cardstock and it says eight and a half by 11. I'm going to frame it. It's going to be above my desk. I needed something that sort of acknowledged what it takes to be consistent and to show up for something. And then also to say, oh, I think I have to bet on myself and believe in myself enough to know that I can do, that something else is available and that I, this wasn't, right, like a one trick thing, right? I've got other stuff. I'm going to figure this out. And that was really special to me. And especially, right, like as a communications professional, like a piece really? of really beautiful writing, just so meaningful. And so that was one of the things that I did to just really, you know, to mark this moment, to mark this.
0: I love that so much. Gonna Are you going to be stupid. sharing
1: that prose piece on your social as well? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, will definitely, I will definitely publish it. And probably commission poems for the rest of my life because it just was such a magnificent way of receiving back something that was so just you know had enough space and separation where I could look at it objectively and mm-hmm. also go oh yes oh yes that is how that felt oh yes that is what my new dream is yeah and I'll yeah I'll definitely share it She's
0: okay when you do well I follow you and other people can certainly follow you we will have all your social. um Channels in the show notes, but we will also include a direct link to that piece when you post it. I love yeah. that. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. All right. Well, we just kind of walked through the past and we're stepping over the threshold into what's next. So I'm really excited to hear you know, when you release something into the world or to someone else, it's because you have this higher calling to do
1: something else, right? And so what is that something else? So I will say, you know, that something else is still emerging and forming. One of the things that kept me focused on Pierre Couture for so long is that I couldn't find that something else. And so I would say to myself, okay, well, I have it pretty good. I really like so much of what I'm doing here. Let me just focus on the people who are here And the topics of conversation that make sense in this context and just keep going. And then it's sort of, I kept having this, this pattern of like, okay, so I'd launch something new and that would be fun. And then I'd be back, you know, kind of at the bottom going, oh, but it still doesn't feel quite right. And so sometimes you get your. I think I was waiting for like you know the block to hit me on the head to be like yes. your path, You're right. <laughs> right? And it like kept not happening, and I'd be like, "Where is it? Where is it? Where is this next thing idea?" And I didn't even really, you know, of course, understand what was happening as it was happening. But what did start to happen is that as I started to spend more and more time right in these coaching containers, running the PRCC Mastermind, we had a membership for a while. I was in you know doing the boxer coaching lots of in-depth conversations back and forth with women who are trying to build businesses yes but are also you know human beings going through the whole rest of the spectrum of things that were happening yeah i started to understand that for myself and for many of these women we were so reliant on our intellect on our brains on our intelligence and we would just We've all had this experience. You're just inside your head, and you're having this circular conversation that you've had probably 50 million times before. Trying to make a decision, trying to figure something out, trying to wrestle with you know kind of an unresolved relationship or what you wish you had said. You know, kind of living yes. in space. <laughs> I have a friend who talks about feeling like she's a balloon on a string. Right, everything is in the head, her identity, and then it's just like, ah, oh, I've got this body that I have to like lug around and sometimes it gets sick. And sometimes it doesn't look the way that I want it to look in my clothes. And then that makes me cranky. And then sometimes, you know, I have to remember to feed it and like,
0: right. You know, and it's life of an entrepreneur, right? And life of, yeah. And life of people who are juggling a lot of different things, like children and
1: business and all of that. And we are literally like on Zoom as heads, right? Communicating True. To one another. True. The way that we experience each other too is, you know, we're on our stories. It's our, you know. So I was sort of noticing that and I was noticing it in myself as I was trying to figure out, like trying to find my next thing by using my brain and not mm-hmm. being able to get there. And then, you know, 2020 happened, everything shut down and I started doing these little Instagram dance videos, group dance classes basically, by this choreographer Ryan Huffington who had yeah. choreographed for Sia and whatever. And it was very simple, right? I danced growing up. I was a competitive Irish dancer in like my in high school. Always loved dance, but was kind of one of those things like I'd forget that I liked it or I'd like forget to do it. I have another friend who's like a painter, right? Painting makes her incredibly happy. And like, we're like, how often do you paint? Just like not that often. It's one Uh, of those, you know, one of those things where we forget the things that bring ourselves joy. But there I am, I'm stuck at home. I've got the, you know, my kid and we're just, we're inside. And so, you know, I just started doing these classes and it sort of reminded me of, I was so happy doing that, like just doing those and realizing that, for me, there was something that felt very, like, that helped me to feel really connected and made me feel joyful in my body. And it was through movement. And I was sort of like, Mm -hmm. oh, right, here's this whole other thing that you have always loved, right? I've always loved making up stories and playing dress up and dancing. Mm -hmm. And that led me Being me, I'm like a high fact finder. I'm like, I need to research everything. I'm like, can I get a PhD in something? I want to go back to school. I want to just like learn everything. And so I just started, you know, down this path of learning about the role of the body in healing, really, and in coaching. And started to find some different programs and methodologies that made sense to me. There's a lot out there. There sure but, is. Yeah. But didn't, but I was like, oh, that's not quite right. That's not quite right. So I started in a couple of places that felt right. And I don't necessarily, it's not like I feel like I've got this, you know, a signpost and I'm putting it on the ground and I'm like, this is what I'm doing for the next, you know, like it's not right. working but i was curious about work that i could do in the world as i got older as i you know i was thinking right, like can i be editing sort of like not that great guest blog posts when i'm like in my mid 50s like is that going to be my life like posting on you know you know part of it was like what is work that i can do that isn't reliant on youth but is reliant on you know expertise and wisdom
0: there you go
1: this feels like a field with so much. I mean, there's a quote that I read that's like, it's barely a field, right? There's so many different people coming at it from all of these different lenses. So there's a lot for me to absorb. But what I can say is that when I take someone who is wrestling with an issue or a problem and we invite the body into that, we move, we might not even dance, but we incorporate the body into that conversation. We remind the Balloon brain. Hey, you have a whole entire system that's giving you information all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. we're increasingly aware of, you know, the fact that trauma lives in our bodies. We're aware of sort of epigenetic, the way that we inherit generational trauma. And trauma is a piece of this. But for me, it was really like, oh. I can write a little bit, dance a little bit, move a little bit, and I'm getting so much more information back. My creativity is spiking. I'm having ideas. I feel like I'm alive and present and kind of zinged up the way that feeling aligned and having access to your kind of creative flow can feel like. So that was really the start. Incorporating it a little bit with clients and friends, having them go Oh, that wasn't actually all that scary. That was actually really wonderful. It felt like this amazing hug. You mean I can be in friendship with this body? You mean I can revel in movement that is not about losing weight or exercise or, you know, XYZ that's just like I am here in this body. Let's see what else is here. And from there, from that more embodied state, right? The decision making becomes a lot more easy. Because you're like, yes, I will do that. No, I will not do that. Uh, Yes, I actually need this in my life and I'm no longer going to do X, Y, Z. So a lot of the things, you know, boundary setting, should I launch this program? Can I show up and allow myself to be seen? All of that kind of gets worked out when we start to feel more at home in our own bodies. And so that's where I'm starting from, at least.
0: That's great. And so uh, this is just a wild comparison, but you hear about people, myself included, when I get stuck, I go for a walk. And, you know, I have the woods right behind me. And reconnecting with nature is such an energy giver. And it's also, it clears my brain. And so, but I only do it when I'm like, oh, I'm stuck. Like you're talking about making this part of who you are and how you live your life so that you're, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're always in touch with that source. Is that Kind of you're quirky. at least
1: always aware that it ex- that it's an option. <laughs> <Yeah, there laughs> you're not necessarily yeah. always going to be able to be in that state all the time, but yeah, it might be like, oh, that's really interesting that I that I go on walks when I'm stuck. What if I tried going on walks every day when I'm not stuck? like? What if I just yes? What if I go for ten or fifteen minutes in the morning and then I see what happens? Or oh, I get in that slump. Or when I'm walking. Can I do something while I'm walking to really intentionalize that walk? Can I imagine that I'm walking with my dream clients and we're like this powerful horde of like force for good and I'm walking with all of them and maybe I'm leading or maybe we're in conversation Um, or, you know, can I take an experience and, and walk it out of the body? Um, can I ask myself, like, oh, where does this live? How do I feel when I think about right? This difficult conversation I need to have with this client. Right. Or I'm feeling a little bit bored in my life. Like, what's that about? Those are the things that you can take through movement and get that just additional dimension of information and inspiration. And it just like punches up the entire landscape of life, right? It saturates it a little bit. Suddenly we're kind of we're inside of a movie of our lives versus. You know, just sitting on the couch, being like, "This doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel good. I can't figure this out. Why can't I figure this out?" You know, engaging more
0: senses as well. Yes. So that's that heightened alertness. So is this something? So you're experiencing this for yourself, and also offering it to other people. So can you talk a little bit about what that looks like, and you know, who are you inviting in to share this experience with you? And what does that experience look like?
1: Yes. So I've started pretty light. This has been another kind of guiding principle is sort of having a really light touch, not putting a ton of pressure on myself to, you know, one cannot build the type of brand in four seconds that one built over 15 years. And I want to leave room for experimentation. So, I've started with kind of three offers. One is your standard single kind of session, right? You come to me with something, we talk about it a little bit, we might move it a little bit. And so, it's what you were saying about kind of turning on additional senses, teaching some tools to be able to do that more generally. My goal is really to equip people with these tools so that they can do them in their lives, not that I need to be there to hold, you know, the space, you know, to facilitate it all. But right. in the beginning, right? Like you need a guide to like. Absolutely. You it don't know. it's a little is. weird to be like, put your arm, you know, so like having somebody that can make it feel yeah, accessible is, is important. So single session, like regular coaching isn't necessarily working or, you know, something's going on with me physically that I'm interested in or I keep reaching this breaking point or whatever. Cool. Let's experiment and explore and move that through. Then I've just started something called the Unfurl Summer Collective, and I might do this seasonally, but I'm just, you know, kind of starting it now, which is sort of the sort of signature approach that I've landed on, at least at this point, which is coming in, doing a little bit of reflection around either a particular emotion or experience that you're having, or I might just read a piece of poetry. I might read a quote, something to give you something to respond to. You know, we do our standard reflection journal, scribbling on a notepad, whatever it is. And then we're going to come in and experience that in some sort of somatic movement-based way. So that might be, you asked about empty out. So that's repetitive movement, right? Same reason why the sort of like walking step, step, step gives our brain a little bit of a break. Repetitive movement does the same thing. And repetition is what builds those new neural pathways. So if you're trying to replace or renegotiate a way of thinking or being It's really great to be holding that as you're doing those repetitive movements. Uzazu is about holding sort of different poses and feeling what that feels like and then exploring the range of sort of motion of either being a little bit maybe too inward focused or too externally focused. It's about the relationship between like relationship to self and then relationship to the rest of the world. And so in that one, we're not moving so much as we are holding different postures that give us access to different states. We're playing with do I have a little bit more capacity here? or have a little bit more patience here. Oh, do I feel a little bit less overwhelmed here? So we're we might do something like that. And then we come together in group and talk about it because everyone's bodies are di- different. Everyone's yeah. experiences are different. Some people get you know great visual they're back in a memory or they're Having a great idea, or they're noticing that something feels different. Sometimes that might happen. Another day, you might just be kind of like, I don't know, it just doesn't, you know? So it's like holding the space for all of those experiences and talking about them, talking about how different people are finding ways to incorporate this new awareness into their experience and how that maybe changes their relationship to a feeling, a state, a situation, or just deepens. Their appreciation and understanding for sort of the art of the body and the art of communication, right? Like, there's still that communication piece that I think is really central to my work. Um, I was going to say, yeah, absolutely. It's still internal, right? It's interpersonal. It's 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 communication with self versus communication with others. Body is communication. So that one we just had our very first one last Friday, and the next one will be, I think it's July 1st. It's the first Friday of each of the months of the summer months. So there'll be two more. So that's really, it's free. It's just like doing this work with other people and experimenting and playing and kind of seeing what's there. Um, and then all that information is at
0: your website, which is where we unfurl, correct? Where we unfurl. Yes. com
1: Or CrosbyNorix.com is the same. Okay. Same deal. And then the other one is more of a longer term kind of mentorship. So this would be like you're building a business, you're making a huge life change, and you want that kind of consistent support, cheerleader, dedicated time to you know, show up for all of it. And that's kind of where I'm starting. And, and then we'll just that sounds move. pretty comprehensive. Yeah. I mean, I'm
0: glad, yeah. Right. Like I'm a, yeah, you're a little bit of an overachiever. overachiever so right. oh, I'm I'm
1: starting slowly. I have these three I have These three, <laughs> very clearly defined <laughs> offers. Yeah. So that's yeah. But that's kind of, that felt doable for me. And then you asked about, you know, who is it for? And I'll say, I came to this awareness of sort of, you know, I'm about to be 43 in two days. Happy birthday. Thank you. And, you know, friends, so all of my friends, like we're all here together in this moment. Right, right. And many of us, you know, are either at the point where we've realized we're not going to have children or we have younger children. Mm -hmm. A lot of us came to parenthood later. Um, And we're we're experiencing the beginning of that separation of sort of like societal gaze, right, of the like middle-aged woman. and. Aging and purpose and all of that kind of comes back. And we're exhausted because we're caretaking and we're running businesses and we're doing all of the things, right? Oh, yeah. And it just has started to occur to me. And I think some of this is because I lost my mom when I was 28 Mm -hmm. and very immediately started to go, where are the women that are her-ish age? Where are the examples of women living unconventional, interesting on purpose, like I can't find them anywhere and starting to look for them a little bit earlier. And so I've noted that like, we don't have a lot of examples of, or, or media, right? Like all the midlife media gets kiboshed after a while. We don't have a lot of that. So I started to, you know, it's nice to have a niche to sort of focus your, your you know, to focus your communication. And I started to kind of feel like, oh, this is another opportunity us to redefine what it means to be in our 40s, 50s, 60s and beyond to start to you know at this point like some stuff has happened you know like people have died decisions have been made biological clock is doing its thing you know we're having to reckon with sort of like everything that has gotten us to this point and the possibility that we lived with as like, oh, my life will unfold. Here's the future, right? We're in this middle part of like, ah, so this is what's happened. How's it going, really? (laughs) And like, do I like it here? Or do I want, you know, am I living my own life? Am I living someone else's life? Am I, what am I trying to get out of all of this? And I got really excited about working with women, I say in and around the midpoint because midlife is like, right. I like a midpoint. It's lovely. Also when you dance, right. You operate from the midpoint. So it has that nice. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. So it's got that kind of, yeah that piece that I like. So in and around, right. Like late thirties through to four, you know, to really kind of go like, I need to get back in in control of all this, but I need to, I need to wake up to all of this. You want to be Otherwise, intentional, right? It's it's like life's just going to keep happening, and right. be being like kind of miserable, like kind of okay, but kind of miserable. And some of this work, this embodiment somatic work, really does help an individual body figure out how it's feeling and what it's like to be here now. And I think from that place of like intentional awareness, carving out a little bit of time to just think about it, explore it, move it around, switch up the energy, transmute stuff a little bit. My hope is that we can start to foster this next part of life to be far more about what we want it to be, what we want it to look like and feel like and smell like and all of those things, matching the inside with the outside, matching those, not I'll say Pinteresty dreams, only in the sense of like, this is my ideal, right? We're in this sort of like, We're always like, what's my future self? What's my ideal whatever? And I think Mm -hmm. that starts with like, how can I be here in this present thing? And how can I start making some tiny choices to make this feel a little bit better and to make my life something that I feel proud of? I use this line of like becoming the muse of your own life, right? Like You're the muse.
0: I love that.
1: You know, your desires, your curiosity, your... Creativity, your like all of that is yours, and that's what I want to start having us sort of like lead with. And that's you know that's some conversation and some work and some experimentation and some exploration. But I do think you know we're at this point where there's a lot of power in figuring out what that midpoint midlife woman's life looks like, and I want to bring more examples of people who have set down aspects of status quo, or set down aspects of identity, or set down aspects of career, right, and said. Mm-mm. This is what it really is. And that's part <laughs> really am.
0: Yeah, and that's so funny because this is partly the inspiration behind this podcast, right? It's the prosper project. It's like success looks different to different people yep. and we have to start, you know, start thinking about what we want versus what society says. Well, if you're a successful entrepreneur, you're going to hit, you know, eight figures or nine figures or whatever that looks like and you're going to be working 20 hours a week.
1: And those two are and if you're not, you're, you're failing. If you're not, it's yes, not wrong. If you're yes, not, you right. buy another $40,000 mastermind where you'll get the secrets. Yeah. Secret exactly. Secrets to figure out how to do it.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. And so
0: I love to talk to entrepreneurs that are just disregarding that and building their businesses around, you know, I've talked to people who are building their business around their faith, around their childhood dreams. It's just so inspiring. And you to take this huge pivot. Well, first of all, I have no doubt that it's going to be a huge success because you put your whole self into whatever you do. And that's so obvious. But I just, I love that. So I always ask people on this podcast, what does it mean for you to prosper? So what does success look like for Crosby right now? And into, let's just say the next you know, one to three years because that's the other thing. It's not a destination. What we're feeling now is different than what we may feel in 15 months or in your case, 15 years. So what does it mean for you to prosper right now?
1: I think the most driving piece for me is self-permission to experiment in this space and to do this work and to figure out if I want to keep doing it or not to figure, you know, I think the role that I'm in right now, right. is sort of back at the beginning. It comes with a lot of, right. There's a lot of stuff your mind wants to tell you. And so I'm being really, I'm being really cognizant of that, incorporating these practices more fully into my life. Um, But prospering really has always been, am I being, am I being true to myself? Am I willing to take a risk? Do I trust myself enough to trust that I will figure it out? And this is like me saying, yes, and now I have to go figure it out. So the prosperity comes from holding that commitment to myself, doing this work for myself and with others, and staying present to all of it, and giving myself just that permission to experiment, to not have it all figured out, to trust in kind of the knowing and the unfolding, the unfurling, shall we say? There we go. Of it all. Um, And... You know, and of course, I'm, you know, we were talking about how, you know, my son's going to turn five. I'm in like the throes of elementary school spirit <laughs> week, whatever, you know, like that is also a huge part of my life. Like we're just in it. We're in a elementary school land and, you know, and I'm on, where I'm on a school schedule, you know, the dreams of like traveling and, you know, having that, you know, I used to be able to pack a bag and get to New York, you know, no problem. It's just me, you know, that shifted and changed. So this is a family that I. That has been very important to me for a very long time. I love this little family that I've built. And so another part of it is just like being here for it and figuring out a way to make the work piece feel like an accurate and good representation of what I have come to learn and know and understand and imparting that because that's helpful. And at the same time, I think one of the things that I tried to do with Pierre Couture in you know, sort of the naivete of, of post grad 26 year old Crasby was like, here are all of these problems in this whole industry. Like I sign on to try to fix all of them. <laughs> That's right, you did. And, you did. I'm gonna fix any scenario, any type. <laughs> and like as you know, as well intentioned as that was, it was actually very challenging to run a business. That was trying to solve those many problems, that many problems, to solve yeah. all of that and to hold the weight of all of that and to take on the responsibility of all of that. So I When you think, were 26. I that's the, Right? The, yeah. like, <laughs> I'll just do that. Like, you haven't even have had my, any of them. Yeah. Right? I had one in my kitchen, my kitchen table in San Diego, like, not even in an episode, <laughs> not in New York, you know, like, sure, I'll figure it out. I'll just do it. I'll take care of it, guys. Like, don't worry. I'll go, I've got something. And so I've also just been toying with this, I think, is helpful for the entrepreneurs listening. It's just playing with like, who am I if I'm not helpful? Like, can I exist without serving, solving problems, helping, helping, you know, giving, giving, all of that. Um, There's a piece of this that's sort of like, again, with that light touch, that's like, I'm going to have a couple of offers. I'm going to show up on social media when I've got something to say. I'm going to sort of trust that it's all going to work out versus spearheading the seven, you know, point funnel, blah, blah, blah. Like I just... I want to try it a little bit easy and I want to start with a smaller piece of cake. (laughs) And so, you know, as somebody who like sees the entire cake and wants to like do the whole thing, it's actually really challenging for me to like just, you know, keep these little slivers
0: available. Because you're a visionary and so you're always ideating like what's next or what's and
1: Yes. What else can I, oh, this is a thing. Maybe I'll do this. Or this is interesting. Oh, here's another book about another facet of this that I now have to devour. Yes. So just doing this work is like to have gotten to this point where I'm like, now at the place where I get to start to do this work fully is wonderful. And that's really, you know, that's really where it starts being present and available in my life and just reveling in the moment that we're in. And then with my own self kind of renegotiating like, how much I have to, how much I as one single human being am responsible for, right? I'm not responsible for the the negative or the shadow of the PR. Like that's not my, right? But what is mine is, you know, here's something, here's a place where I can help. Here's something that I can wrap my arms around. And so I want to start there. And then I'm sure naturally, right? It's going to get bigger, but it starts with just like looking at what's here. Thank you. Crosby
0: where we unfurl.com we will have all the links in the show notes. And I am officially inviting you back one year from now so you can update mm-hmm. us on your first year in your new business and let us know how things are going. It was so wonderful having you here today. I feel really inspired by you and for you. I think your next chapter is going to be uh, do not miss. So thanks for spending time Thank with so us much. today. Absolutely. All right. Well, that is it for this week and we'll see you next week on the prosper project. Take good care. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the prosper project. If you want to grow a peerless profitable brand, please hit the subscribe button. So you never miss an episode. And if you find value in our show, please help us reach others by sharing an episode and leaving a review. In appreciation, please visit prosperforpurpose.com for more free resources to help you grow your business.